With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. E-S-N-Y. been going <laughs> we have been going yeah you guys just missed the whole conversation about haircuts this is uh just like the street the yankees play on bleacher creatures episode 161 brought to you as always by xl media crossing broad elite sports ny war gaming and as always rivercrest nyc uh and back in the studio with us in case you heard him from the start james kelly welcome back i am back i am back regularly hopefully Regular- yeah, yeah, we're talking. We're thinking every other week James is going to be back. Uh, he's not doing anything except sitting in this remarkably wood paneled room, dude. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time that came up on a podcast when I was doing it with Allison, <laughs> I man, I could have moved to Iowa. I could have taken that job. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it, yo, it's a compliment, dude. Like I'm, I'm honestly jealous because I mean, new, uh, New York City apartment living. I mean, look, you've been there before. Yeah. The walls all kind of look the same. It's kind of like. It's like being in college inst- in, and instead of a state prison, it's club fed. Oh, yeah. My my freshman year dorm room was absolutely disgusting when I went to college. And it yeah. was made more disgusting by the clear line of demarcation between myself <laughs> and my roommate's side. Uh, my side, like, I'm not like a, like a clean freak. But right. like, I try to keep, you know, I'll just throw clothes in the laundry. I'll leave shoes by the door, whatever. But like, I'm not going to just leave them on the floor all over the place. No, there was a clear line of demarcation right down the <laughs> middle. And all his shit was all over the place right up until that line. And at least he was respectful of the line. So I got to respect where, that. Where'd you go to undergrad again? Geneseo. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Three yeah. upstate New York guys here. I love it. Dude, I it's a different world up there, man. It's it really the best is. kind of different world. Ah, I don't know about that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I have some pretty salty feelings about upstate New York right now. Okay. Well, maybe. maybe, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. We should. uh, Do you want to get into all the layoffs happening at the athletic? Okay. okay, Hold on. Hold on. Let's not get me sued. Okay. Because (laughs) there was, there may or may not have been an NDA on my way out that I had to sign. Okay. So let's not get me sued. Well, look, 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 we're not going to name names. We can we can just decry the state of the industry because we've all been we're all I'll use the term veterans of it in some capacity. Mm-hmm. We, we've all taken our lumps. Oh, yeah. Everyone has in this yeah. business, at least. Yeah. And, and like and now granted, like that we, we usually this is not this is not to say that Bleacher Creatures is delving into political territory. We are not all of a sudden embracing this leftist pro-union agenda like even though even though writers should be unionized like they are in the bwaa we are just we are just talking about a shared experience and how it is lather and repeat and how you talk about wanting new blood in this industry and yet nothing changes it's alec like we talked about last week it's the nhl old boys club retread after retread yeah it's like once you've been in the industry for a while you're never going to leave it no matter how many times you get laid off 
Like how many times, like how often do we see the announcements on Twitter of well-respected writers being like either like, you know, from ESPN or the athletic or whatever being like, yeah, well, I never thought this was going to happen, but I just got laid off. And everyone's like, oh, we're so sorry. You're going to land on your feet again. And then they do. And then eight to 12 months later, it's the same exact thing. Right now. Now I I'm weighing in on this as, as one of the lucky ones, I got to bleach report back when anyone could write there. Um, the higher ups thought my stuff was good enough to play. They put me on the payroll. I was, it was a good two and a half years. And then part, I then took a couple of years off, parlayed that into some work with, with Forbes fan cited, and I've managed to stick around and I'm very, I'm very thankful and grateful for that. But James, you know, you and Alec, you too, you know, better than anyone. Like James, I think you yourself said, I think it was a comment I made about, maybe it was Jim Bowden at the athletic, believe it or not talking about how the Yankees should trade for of all people, MJ Melendez. You went out there and said, Jim Bowden it is an MLB like whatever getting paid crazy amounts of money while you and I are sitting here having actual takes. Yeah, and I do that with WFAN all the time because obviously yeah. some I like I can't I can't listen to it. I can't because I sit there and it's not just that the callers are absolutely insane, which they are. They're truly some of the most unhinged people I've ever listened to in my entire life calling into WFAN, including Anthony Volpe's dad, probably. Uh, I mean, let, let, let's just put it out there. New York sports fans calling into radio shows. That's the original Twitter. Yeah. Hands down. Exactly. And But now we, like, have Twitter, so we can share those clips around, so I don't feel like yeah. I'm missing anything. Like, right. I, I used to get all of Mike Francesa's clips just DM'd to me. It'd be like, you believe what Francesa said today? I like, used to try I and call into Francesa. <laughs> Dude, it's it's impossible, and I I have just lost my train of thought completely based on just getting mad at WFAN. <coughs> but I I sit there and I think a Brandon Tierney is the one that comes up a lot for Not me, Keith? especially with baseball. No, I I like Keith a lot. I yeah. really like Keith. I think he's he is a smart fan. Yeah, but I think he's kind of limited by the fact that his show is all callers. Right. That he can only go as far as the callers take. There's no co-host. It's just him. Well, Keith is also, I think, just a perfect textbook example of my little baseball conspiracy theory that there is something in the water coolers at WFAN. Because like, you said to yourself, like, you like Keith, he's a smart fan, he himself has been good to you. But at the same time, he goes to WFAN. There are then, things that I disagree with yes. that he says on air. Plenty yes. of things I disagree with. But, you know, I don't then call into the show right after and be like, Keith, you fucking idiot, how dare <laughs> you say that? No, come right. on, like. He's just doing his job, and and but that's the thing with WFAN is I look at it and I I look at this group right here and I say these are three people right here who know ball. We yeah. know baseball. We look into the stats. We look into the stories. We try to figure things out because not only is it our job, but it's what we've done for our whole lives. We love it. Yeah. And then you you listen to some of these guys who are getting paid you know six digits to be on New York sports radio, sometimes even more if you're a, a premier show, and you think like, why isn't somebody I know in that spot? Uh, like this is just reactionary takes. Like you've, you've gone off the deep end where you're no longer actually talking about sports. You're just garnering clicks. And I hate that. Yeah. I hate that so much. Cause it's not a sustainable way to like build yourself up as a person, especially the people like us who had to take the long road to get there. We didn't come out yeah. of Syracuse and get a job right away. Northwestern, whatever. We had to take the long road to get there. We've taken a lot of lumps on ourselves and we've been poor as shit. Yeah, and and like on, and not not just that, not just that. It kind of like that 
that whole thing you mentioned about with WFAN guys coming in and out, it kind of makes you think about um, what the Packers were going through recently with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, where last few years, you look at Rodgers' numbers, you look at a much cheaper rookie in Jordan Love, and you realize, okay, he's going to give me pretty much those same numbers, but I don't have to pay him $40 million a year. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's the crux of it all. Like I, I will say right now, WFAN, you want me to come to a show. I will gladly do a show for, I'll throw my number out there right now, sixty five grand a year. I will do a show. I will too. We can host the show together. We'll split the 60 though. <laughs> no, 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 no. 65 grand a piece for the three of us. <laughs> like, like, oh God. Where do I sign? Yeah. yeah sign me yeah. up right now. And, and I'll do, I'll do you one better. I, you can put in the contract that you can have Joe Beningo on not once, but twice a week to ramble about how much he hates the Mets. Yeah. And then we can shit on him. I mean, it's, it's fair criticism nowadays, but Dude, anyone who grew up in the tri-state area or has relatives from the tri-state area, Joe Beningo is that uncle. Yeah. He, he is that uncle who like, he's, he's probably watching the Yankees right now and saying like fire Boone, fire Cashman. Now, actually, you know what? Let, let, let's shift right into the Yankees because oddly enough, while I don't fully agree with that take, I just, I'm just going to share this tweet I put out. Uh, from the weekend against the Red Sox. Now, I'll admit this is kind of me at my Yankees Twitter worst. Uh, I've seen you at your Yankees Twitter worst. I've had to talk you off the ledge a couple times. Okay, so this is is from Friday night. I believe the score was 2-0 at this point. I wrote, Garrett Cole cannot do this by himself. If only his team's lineup, which still features two former MVPs and a two-time batting champion, even without Aaron Judge, didn't plummet to minor league levels without the captain, the Yankees are the most pathetic, good in quotation marks team in baseball. Honestly, I feel like that's fair right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not and, gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. And yeah. you've heard me rant about this many times, Josh. But it's just yeah. the most frustrating thing about this team is the gaslighting from the front office that's telling us that this is a team that's going that they'll figure it out, that they will take that next step that has eluded them for the past five fucking years. Now. Yeah. Like I, I was at the uh, Phillies game with my buddy yesterday and we're looking at like some of the lineups that some guys are hitting there, you know, it's like uh, Cody Clemens hitting 265 for the Phillies. And I just look at him and go, man, it would be nice to have a 260 hitter in that Yankees lineup right now. Because yeah. like, cause it seems like everyone's hitting below 200 or 220. Yeah. I mean, like the, the biggest problem independent of Aaron judge. Now the, now well, let's compare recent absences. Now, the Yankees, when they've lost Judge before, 2019, juice balls, that's an anomaly. 2018, that's more indicative of just how much he actually means to the team. As same with the shortened 20, with the 2020 season that was shortened. Um, the greater problem is that it seems that whenever Aaron Judge goes down, the rest of the lineup just falls asleep. And the problem now is that Without Aaron Judge, the Yankees lineup on paper, it's in pretty good shape. It's like I said, you have two former MVPs, Josh Donaldson and Giancarlo Stanton. You have DJ LeMahieu, two-time batting title. Now, DJ, uh, I'm going to give credit where it's due in the Red Sox series. He's starting to turn a corner. More hard contact. He w- And if you look at his numbers, his problem, apart from increased strikeouts, bad bit. You can make hard contact, but it's no good if it goes in the glove. Uh, but... No one else is performing. Anthony Rizzo is clearly still injured. Giancarlo Stanton 
streaky as always, and Glaber Torres, well, he's Glaber Torres. Yeah, but like, you know, when we talk about two former MVPs and stuff like that, it's just like, unfortunately, those aren't the, they're not the kind of player like that anymore. Like Josh Donaldson has, yeah, they're not that guy. Right, they're they're, they're not, okay, all right, let me, let me expand on that then. They're okay. No one is saying that Josh Donaldson should be the prime bringer of rain, but I, the fact is, he's hitting the best right now. Seems that if he's not making it out, he's launching a home run like 400 plus feet. So the bat speed at a minimum is still there. The greater issue is that Anthony Rizzo is a shell of himself. Stanton clearly is still a little rusty, but it's like Alex said, like these are not hitters that are built to survive without protection in the lineup. You know, I was I was having a conversation with my dad today, and okay. us being Man United fans, we were oh, bemoaning Christ. the fact that Man City had just secured the treble. I oh, the champion, the Champions League, yeah, Champions, yeah, the Champions uh, FA Cup, and yeah. So he he was he was giving me the recap of the game because I wasn't watching. He goes and he he says, you know, Man City were on their last legs, but they just relied on the muscle memory of being winners to carry them through the final 10 minutes to secure the title. And I had me thinking, I had me thinking about all my New York teams that I, that have given me agita over the past five years between the, you know, the giants, the Yankees, the Rangers. Just just a reminder, Peter Laviolette's getting the job. I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) And I think that's been probably the biggest thing that I, I never could identify it, but I think that was a really good point that my dad just kind of threw out there without even realizing it, is a team like the Yankees, they've lost that muscle memory of being able to win. You know, even when yeah. everything kind of goes against the team or, or if they, you know, if they lose the big guy in judge or, you know, pitchers aren't quite performing at the level they're supposed to and hitters are struggling and fighting against it. They've lost that ability to just find a way to win. Well, you're you're ta- you're talking about the problem that's eluded them for long, and that of all people, Aaron fucking Hicks and R two C two. This Yankees lineup does not have any fuck you in it. It just doesn't. It hasn't for years. Years. It it shows up. It hasn't had it consistently for years. It shows up in pockets. Yeah, but I mean that's mostly Aaron Judge yeah. and John Carlos Stanton being hot at the same time, and Anthony Rizzo like. It's replacement guys who you know aren't good hitting well. Like yeah. this is a hot streak. It's not who you are. That that's the Yankees for years have had just zero identity whatsoever. They're yeah. a boring team to watch. Oh uh, yeah, a, just a good team, but like I don't like watching Yankees games. Like it's not a fun experience just because lo- of the whole just look at, Yankees tradition shit. Just look at the Red Sox whenever Rafael Devers or whoever hit a home run. They had those little golden inflatable barbells that you put them in. Everyone's kind of like giving each other a pound. Uh, the Angels have the samurai helmet for yeah, Otani. We haven't had that then since Thumbs Down. That was the last uh, time. No, no, no. That we had. Um, uh, the parrot uh, stuff he was had with Arcanacion. Uh, yeah, that uh, that was kind of a bit that he took with him, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a journeyman bit. But there's yeah, but you're at, you're you're absolutely right. There's no organic bit now. Now, granted, that's the, that's the main importance of this is that if any gimmick like that has to happen naturally now, and the Yankees, in fairness, they have theirs behind the scenes, like after the game, everyone like player of the game gets this pro wrestling belt, or or with, like the Rangers get someone gets the hat. After right. the game, 
yeah so there there is a little tradition that but there's no there's nothing public for the fans to grab onto the Yankees to paraphrase the angels again the Yankees don't have their rally monkey yeah yeah I mean they, they never have I I think the biggest the biggest insult that you could say about the Yankees isn't that they're bad it's just they're mediocre they are just a mediocre team without Aaron Judge yeah that was the signifier i was looking for right there without aaron judge asterisk yeah big asterisk with aaron judge very good team yeah yeah no, yeah no like no that is that isn't to say like the yankees knew exactly what they were getting into when they gave him that record-setting contract they knew aaron judge might get hurt e- even if like he had been an iron man for his entire career prior to that giving someone that much money you are assuming the risk they're going to get injured and if you're going to have a player like Aaron Judge, who's that important to the team, you'd better fucking make sure that the rest of the team is fully aware. Hey, we got to know how to win without this guy. And that's the most frustrating part, right? You can't even blame Aaron Judge for the injury he had. Absolutely like, he, not. He, he you can't blame off. him for most of the injuries he's had. Most yeah. of them have been those freak, like, got hit in the wrist by a pitch, yep. rolled his ankle going for a fly ball or diving, whatever. And Spray he's even calf, scaled back bases. on that kind of stuff. And CC Sabathia said it too. He was like, judge, stop. I yeah. get it. Like you want to make the play. Stop, dude. We need you for 162. All right. Yeah. And, and now this is going crashing through the gate at Dodger stadium. Like, don't do that. First of all, Aaron, <laughs> like we don't, we don't need that. We talked about it. We're not going to do that anymore, but like, we lose him for a month because he makes the play of the year. And by the way, the guy got second base. Yeah. What what a bullshit call that was. It was <laughs> oh, 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 he's he's out of play. Give him second base. He crashed through the damn bullpen gate. Yeah. Build a stronger fence. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I get because I, I looked this up. Or, wait, no, I didn't look up. Somebody told me like the the whole point of the rule is that okay if, if it's one of those like Derek Jeter plays where you acknowledge you are going to voluntarily fall into the stands and have to pick yourself back up in that case okay the runner gets a free base but he literally ran through he Luke caged himself through the wall yeah he was just gonna run right into the wall make the catch maybe take a little bruise on the on the right shoulder and it's all good it's all good Aaron Judge yeah. is fine he didn't realize that the gate was gonna be made of paper that said, that said, oddly enough, um, one of my brothers is pretty sure he's had the same toe injury as Judge. Uh, and now, granted, he did not crash through a wall suffering it. He, he, him, he was like, oh, like I, I tripped on the sidewalk, stubbed my, and I essentially stubbed my toe. Uh, but he said, according to him, like based on like, because he, he, he was hurting enough that he went to the hospital, mm-hmm. and so he said, based off his own experience as a non-professional athlete. He was like, I felt fine in 10 to 14 days. So maybe like maybe the Yankees are playing his injury close to the chest for that very reason. We can certainly hope so. But that doesn't take away from the main point. This is a lineup that still has Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, Josh Donaldson, DJ LeMahieu, who even though they're not in the primes of their careers anymore, they're still capable of playing at a very high level. And all of a sudden, Aaron Judge is gone and they vanished with him. It's fucking infuriating. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if DJ still has that level in him, to be honest. I don't like I'll take 115 weighted runs created plus from DJ. And oh, yeah. I, I would yeah, be like... thrilled with that. That's great. But I think 
at this point, it's kind of becoming clear, like, hey, DJ's best days are behind him. He's got some injury concerns cropping up pretty regularly. There's no more juiced ball. He's not getting a little extra yeah. power boost for going the opposite way in Yankee right. Stadium. If, if, if DJ LeMayhew can't be expected to or can't be re, uh, relied upon to consistently hit, let's say, between 260 and 270, he's Mark Teixeira for all intents and purposes. Yeah, except with less power. Yeah, <laughs> that's even worse can't even run into one at least gary sanchez ran into a few speaking of gary sanchez donning aaron judge's number and all of a sudden he is aaron judge on the padres i love it i love it you're yeah how many home runs does he have never right been now more excited to be a gary sanchez fan right now like, i what, stuck with him for so long because i was like we've seen it just do it and he just <laughs> never did for the yankees and i mean he he got off to a pretty good start with, with the mets this year too didn't play a lot for them only played a couple games uh, but he hit well for them, too. And now he's coming alive for the Padres. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Yankees are somehow, look, they're, they've they kind of, for all intents and purposes, held serve because they're playing essentially 500 balls since Judge went down. It's all because of the pitching staff. Like, I, I'm surprised we haven't seen more from Yankees Twitter about, oh, fire Aaron Boone, uh, promote Matt Blake. I think they gave up on firing Aaron Boone. I think they just gave up. They're like, it's never yeah. going to happen, guys. Let's yeah. just let's pack it in. Yeah, like that. That's I don't another... know if I can blame Boone. No, not no, his fault. No, like Boone has made his usual handful of bullpen mistakes this year, which hindsight being twenty twenty, maybe weren't the worst decisions, just given how much he's had to lean on his relievers this year. But I, if there's one thing about the Yankees, though, like, Alec, you say it all the time, college arms, international draft, no matter how frustrating this team's lineup is, the pitching staff is going to make us hold on for hope and keep us in this abusive relationship. Yeah, it's exactly what it is, an abusive relationship. <laughs> uh, now I think we're talking about the Knicks. Whoa, 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 whoa. I hey, think we're hey. talking about every New York sports team, yeah. we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, it's just and, it's and, such a and, shame and just, that everybody just yet, separates. Just yet it's another reminder, Alex, that Peter Laviolette is going to be the Rangers' next coach. Stop. <laughs> Why? It's just it fucking. I grew up rooting against the fucking dude because he's the head coach of the Capitals and the Flyers and the and Predators. The Flyers, yes, he's a he hasn't done coach. shit in the last decade. <laughs> He's another retread. So, I mean, fuck. You know, you want to talk about, like, one of the best sports in hockey and one of the worst leagues? Like, come, like, come on. Anyway, this is a baseball podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Although, hey, hey, uh, upside, we may be getting Carlos Rodon soon. Yeah, so he's going to – one more – off the mound session and then he's going to start getting into games. Is that what the report was? So um, he's been doing a live BP like that, that. I think that's what they were doing when he drilled Willie Calhoun the other day. Mm -hmm. um, but no, he was facing live hitters and I think they want to, they want to have him do that one more time and then they'll send him down on a rehab assignment. So then, and Boone said his velo uh, was um, and he was running 93, 96 yesterday. I feel like it could be a little faster. Uh, what was he saying that before he got hurt i always what? i in my mind i saw him sitting at like 94 95 and then getting up to like 97 well um in the the one spring training start he had where he got rocked i don't i remember his velocity was considerably down yeah i gotta look it up yeah because he was hurt 
Yeah, yeah. So like I th- I think that one he wasn't topping out maybe more than 94. But like no, like 90, like if he can run between 94 and 96 for the Yankees, he should be okay. Plus, he's still ramping himself up. He's probably got like another two to three weeks before he's even like making his first start. I just I, I can't believe we even have Carlos Rodon. I I feel like I've said this the whole time. Like people just forgot Carlos Rodon is on the Yankees because he and, just hasn't been around. Yeah, and I did a deep dive on his numbers, man. Even, like when the Yankees were first even kind of looking at him, I remember I looked at his splits, not not just like in Yankee Stadium, but just against the entire AL East, and not just the AL East, both against the Astros and in Minute Maid Park specifically. This guy, it, it's near shutdown numbers against some of those teams. Like this guy, I like, can handle Yankee Stadium. He, like as Cece said, he's got that fuck you in him. So maybe if he's in the rotation, just sort of becomes like the sort of like even angrier sidekick to Garrett Cole. Maybe that'll spark the rest of the lineup. And be like, oh shit, we better hit, or else Carlos is going to be pissed. I still can't believe as a team we're in a position where we're still looking for a number two starter with Carlos Rodon, Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez Jr. all on the roster currently, and we still can't find like a lockdown number two. I mean, Nestor, like I'm not too worried about him just because looking at looking at what he's been saying about his injury plus all the innings he's racked up, he's just tired. Yeah. But I also I never saw Nestor as the real number two. Anyway, I saw him as as a better Jordan Montgomery, for instance. He, yeah, he, if he's, he's your a, fourth starter. You're fucking thrilled. I, I I'd even call him like a mid tier three. I would too. But when you have Rodone and Luis Severino behind Garrett Cole, you're looking at him saying, "Well, if Nestor Cortez Jr. is number four, like we're in a really good spot right now." Is, is this the part where you want to defend Luis Severino, even though he has had pretty much nothing his last two starts? I'm just scared that he's hurt again. Yeah, I mean that's all. I mean, when the velocity's that down, your first thought is always the elbow. But yeah. also, for the record, just go back to Carlos Rodon because it finally loaded. Yeah. Uh, 2022, 95.5 on the average fastball. It's not bad. It's pretty good. All right, so so between 93 and 96, okay, he's still ramping up. Yeah, and that's fine. Take all the time you want because again, like we do this all the time. We work in media. We have to put out content. We have to talk about things. Yeah. But it's easy to forget that you have to also take a step back and be like, listen, Yankees are in a wild card position, but the division's gone. The div- the AL East is gone. The Rays I'm, are winning the AL East. I am not at all convinced that the Rays ah, are dude, the it's Without Aaron judge for a month, maybe. Uh, oh, just, okay. If, if, yeah. if Aaron judge is, is in fact gone that if long, he's then, missing then extended yes. periods of time. There's just yes. no way we're going to catch okay. up to the Rays. And you know what? That's okay. Um, it's fine. It's fine because you're going to get into the postseason. You'd like yeah. to have that buy. It would be yeah. great to have that buy, but at the end of the day, the Phillies were in the world series last year. They were the sixth seed and the you Yankees just have have, to get in and get hot. And the Yankees have twice the pitching as the Phillies did. Oh yeah, yeah it was bad this year. <laughs> I'm a I'm, going back to the Rays. Alec and I are in a group chat from uh from an old job from an old job we had. Uh, apparently, there are some rumors about the Rays that uh, if Sternberg it doesn't make any progress on a new stadium by the end of this season, it's Montreal time. I I still can't believe that they even proposed splitting time 
between that's Tampa Bay what and Montreal. A dumbass idea that was. Like that's so stupid. I, I yeah, because I'm pretty. I think Lindsay Adler. Before, this is when she was still at the Athletic before she went to the Wall Street Journal. I think I think it was either her or Emma Bacheleri who tweeted something like, "These ball players already need special accounts because they need to declare their income in multiple states just from road games." Imagine if they were splitting a season between the United States and Canada. Like the Toronto Blue Jays? Well, the Toronto Blue Jays are a little different just because that's more of like a hockey scenario where it's like, okay, it's expected you're going to be on the road for a bunch. But when you are playing essentially half your home games in Florida and the other half in Canada, that's where it gets complicated. Yeah. Because no, because they, because you have to establish residence in two places in, in two separate years, in like the same year. Yeah, it's it's not great, and that was a stupid suggestion from the jump. I mean, I love Montreal as a baseball town. I think if yeah. we were to put a team, I'd I'd like it to be an expansion team. Honestly, I'd like it to be, you know, maybe the, I I would say Vegas, but it seems like that's already taken care of now. <laughs> oh, but they don't have the votes. Yeah, that's that's a weird situation. I'm having a hard time just keeping up with it. Yeah, yeah, it's because right the last I checked the the whole motion was to what was it It was like to just get get the stadium fully publicly funded and on the the board they just didn't have the votes yeah i actually saw the the a's fan base is doing a reverse protest yeah they're just all going to the game on the same day every single person and they all have shirts that say sell the team john fisher or whatever mean thing they can think of uh, which he should, because you should yeah. run a baseball organization like it's your fucking bank. Yeah, John Fisher should sell should sell the A's. Bob Castellini should sell the Reds. The, the list goes on. What I because the the Castellinis they at least have the excuse of and, and it's not it's not even that big of an excuse. They at least have the, I guess for lack of a better word, advantage of being the poorest owners in terms of overall net worth like bob castellini himself he's worth a shade over half a billion dollars oh my god how does he afford his bills i I know right but yet the reds they're they're worth i think 1.2 billion and he's running it on like a shoestring budget yeah I will say, you know, they they did spend a little bit at the end of the 2010s when they went out and they got well, Trevor Bauer. And well, that they like tried. That well, that's the problem with the Reds. If you go, I actually looked at this in the off season. If you go back um, throughout their their history, uh, specifically post March shot, uh, they have their player development is good enough. Mm-hmm. The problem is uh, right now. Yeah the the problem is their when it comes to free agency trades, guys are a little more expensive. They'll invest the money. And if results don't, if desired results don't yield immediately, they hit the panic button, blow it up. They definitely did do that when it was yeah. Trevor Bauer and Nick Castellanos. Mike Moustakis. Yeah. They blew it yeah. up so fast. And in yeah. hindsight, like what, what are you signing Mike Moustakis for? What, what were we Ju- thinking? Juice balls. That's what. Yeah. Is he still on the Brewers or like wherever he got that minor league shot? Mm, I know I saw him play maybe like three weeks ago. I don't yeah. remember who I was watching at the time, but I remember it because I was, it was Mike Moustakis and I was like, he's still in the league. Like, I mean, good for him. Like he's, he's found a job, but like at his age, I figured it would be kind of a, all right, like 
you're not really on the team, but yeah, we already signed you when you were good. So you're still like, you're just a throw in in a trade now to make the money work out. Now, speaking of the Reds, because I let, let's all assume all three of us are super psyched about Ellie Dela Cruz, right? Oh, he's yeah. so good. But what, what position does he play again? He's a shortstop, but they're running him out at th- the Reds have too many infielders, just period. Yeah, Not do. even middle infielders alone. I saw they had Jonathan India at DH the other night. <laughs> and apparently they're looking like they're looking at like moving Jonathan India already. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't love that because what is he, 26? Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. He's young. You got like 10 more good years of baseball out of him. Yeah. Uh all this being said, with Ellie Del Cruz and the Reds and all the complaining we're doing about the Yankees, what if in the next couple of years, Jason Dominguez shows up or Spencer Jones, whoever it is first, and hey, surprise, the Yankees are just winning like 105 a year just because like this is the guy sparking the team. Oh, yeah, it'd be nice to have a spark. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought Volpe would be more of a spark and it kind of Dude. like he didn't get off to a great start and everyone's just kind of like, all right, we'll let him work through it and we'll kind of forget about it. I was saying in spring training, he should not be in the majors to yeah. start. The Ellie's year. up right now, by the way. And uh, ironically, Jonathan Idia just struck out. <laughs> Zach Granke got him and now it's Ellie. Uh, What's the score? It's 3-1 Kansas City. All right. Yeah, I love. Did you see the story about Zang, Zach Greinke the other day with, about, oh, wait. about getting Joey Votto out? Wait, uh, yeah, remind me what that was. Yeah, so he he got asked about the situation that happened with him and Joey Votto like years and yeah. years ago, and it was like, yeah, well, I kind of just noticed that Votto picks up spin better than basically anyone, so I just started throwing him hanging sliders, and he couldn't <laughs> hit it. And he got Joey Votto out. And, and they're like good friends. So they were laughing about it. But yeah. Votto was going back to the dugout and be like, you motherfucker. Are you kidding me? You did that on purpose. I know you did. Cause I know you don't just spin breaking balls for the fun of it. <laughs> I do like Zach Greinke, like first off hats off to him for just dealing with everything he has throughout his entire career with just like the absolute grace and dignity that. Yeah. And just so doing many whatever he have. wants. I'm telling you, when he's retired, his Instagram is going to be gold. I, I'm the opposite. I say he doesn't even have a social media presence anymore. We just never see Zach Cranky no, again. I, and he like shows up in a local news story like, hey, a local Kansas City man saves dog from river. By the way, it's Zach Cranky. <laughs> I think I think that Zach Cranky might he might go the Adam out of, you know, route, just a little more quieter about it. Just and just take lots of cool pictures. Yeah, I could see that. He just doesn't want to be bothered. He wants to do his thing alone, but he yeah. can post uh, it. I just want to point out, I am shocked I have not run into Adam out of, you know, in my neighborhood yet because his little personal pitching lab is no lie, like 10 minute walk from my house. Oh, I got a camp chair if you want to set up. <laughs> nah, the, the, the guy's a six foot five Italian who's from Brooklyn and now <laughs> yeah, lives in New Jersey. I, yeah, him. yeah. Although Brooklyn boy voluntarily living in New Jersey, that's... That, that's liable to make you lose lots of New Yorker points. Yeah, I think Ellie got out, but I didn't see it. Yeah, he struck out. Anyway, yeah, sorry, folks. We, we haven't had a lot of Yankees talk today because, yeah, the Yankees are that bad. Like, okay, like, they're that's playing terribly. Fault. The Yankees are playing terribly. No, no, it's nobody's fault. The Yankees are playing terribly, and what are we supposed to do about it? Right. And, Let's just and, talk about Anthony Volpe. Uh, yeah, Anthony Volpe, look, I, I want to give the kid credit because he's – He's decent in the field. Like, I'm not going to bang on him for the errors because he's 22. He's learning the position still. 
but and, and the speed is there. But you can see it, and I'm going to sound like a hitting coach here. You can't always go for the big hit for the big hit where you're making an even bigger swing trying to make the biggest contact. That's a recipe for strikeouts. We see Joey Joey Gallo is still having this problem even without the shift. Like you can't be so all or nothing. And yeah, he's a good hard contact specialist, but also like with Volpe, I'm talking about Volpe here. He can make hard contact, but he doesn't know what to do with it. He's not making consistent hard contact either. Yeah. Well, he yeah, yeah, because he's so much yes, right that, now. Right, it's that, that's his problem. I, yeah, there's a weird his, – his approach is concerning in the sense that, like, when – the beginning of the season, even when he was having a low batting average, he was getting on base, he was working his walks, he was showing patience, and then he was wreaking havoc on the base paths. So he was creating yeah. some kind of value that went beyond the traditional stats, right? Hitting the ball to all fields too. Yeah. He's moved away from that. And I get it. A young kid in the major leagues, like he's pressing, no doubt about it. But, you know, it's just one of those things where he's got to take that step back and just simplify it. And like what, in games one and three of the Red Sox series, he came up to the plate in a big situation. Yeah. And the situation looked too big for him. And it is frustrating because, like you, I think I think he will be fine in the long run. Yes, yeah, but... for, for, and Friday night, let, let's give let's give him credit where it's due. He tripped at the finish line. He, uh, yeah, he, he he worked the count full. Uh, my wife was at the game. He, the guy came within like so few feet of the home run that, according to her, people were like throwing the beer up, celebrating. It would like, have been a very yeah. different story about Anthony Volpe, but right. it shouldn't have been. It just yeah. because he hits that home run, like you also have to take a step back and be like, okay, I'm going to throw some numbers out at you guys. Ready? Yeah. He's a fastball hitter right now. That's the only thing he's hitting and he's not even slugging that well on it. Slugging 427 on Oof. fastballs. Okay. Now the big numbers are the whiffs. 32.7% on breaking balls and 383 on off speeds. Change up, whatever. He's just, he's whiffing. And I th- I'm pretty sure I said this last time when I came on with you guys. I think Anthony Volpe would have been much better served to start the year in AAA. Thank I think that was you. obvious from day one because it's, it wasn't about his talent level. It was about teaching him to play second base because mm-hmm. that's, that's the future that the Yankees see for him. They might yeah. tell him that he's a shortstop. They might tell the media that he's a shortstop, that he's their shortstop moving forward. But you have Peraza who's actually a very good defensive shortstop, also young, cost-controlled, raking in AAA. They don't want to call him up because they don't want to raise his tra- or lower his trade value by seeing him struggle against major league pitching. And Anthony Volpe doesn't have the arm for short. He's got an average shortstop's arm. Average. Yeah. And that's fine. Peraz is better. And I think we can all agree at some point the Yankees are going to be moving on from Glaber Torres. I think I've yeah, seen it. Don't tell that to the people on my Twitter. I, I said like, Hey, they're going to be moving on from him. And they came for me like immediately. Yeah, there's, there's no chance that they no. might play out the rest of Glaber Torres's contract, but they're not going to outbid another team for him. No, like they, they almost traded him for Pablo sucks. Lopez last year. Yeah. And you know what? That ended up working out for the best. Pablo Lopez hasn't been very good lately. <laughs> and they paid him too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it's just you, like you have to like take a step back and admit, okay, Glaber Torres, 
perfectly fine player for the Yankees over these past few years. He wasn't yeah. great. He wasn't terrible. He was really great sometimes, really terrible other times, but mostly a pretty consistent, slightly above average league hitter and a yep. slightly below average league defender. Yeah. Uh, generally at, at shortstop. Oh my, oh my God. Like that, second that, base, much can, better. I, oh my God. I almost like threw shit at the TV last night after what he did. Yeah, that wasn't a good one. And, a... But he makes those mental errors all the time. And it's yeah. like, it's like that's the part that you're supposed to have down. Like with Anthony yeah. Volpe, when he when he boots a ground ball, you can look at him and be like, okay, like it hit the lip of the grass or it skipped on him and he didn't adjust He's learning make the, the play position. that other He's people would make that play. Yeah, other people make that play. Francisco Lindor yeah. makes that play. Peraza right. makes that play. Correa makes that play. Anthony Volpe doesn't make that play. Yeah, uh, Alec, here's Good. a question I have for you about Volpe. Do you find often that, uh, especially from a hitting standpoint, he tries to play bigger than he actually is? Um, Wait, I don't like, know if I'd say he tries to play bigger, but I think, well, actually, you know what? Maybe, yeah. Because I think he tries to be one version of a ball player that he doesn't need to be. Like, yeah. he needs to get back to that guy who will probably hit 270 280 at the major league level and just steal a bunch of bases yeah um, you know he'll have pop we we know he has pop like he's got nine home runs on the year as a rookie like yeah you know not for nothing that's very impressive you know he's on pace for you know low 20s and home runs like yeah cool. but like but what value do those home runs have if he's batting at or about the mendoza line well exactly right again he I, I think he's lost sight of what can make him such a valuable asset to the team. And, you know, and again, that's a kid playing for your hometown team. I get it. Like he's struggling he's too. Yeah. Struggling for your hometown. Yeah. Let's but, also, let's also point out that neither the fans nor media did him any favors by doing the instant Derek Jeter comparisons. Yeah. No. Yeah. But like, no. you know, I, I feel like at a certain point that fan bases and the masses do that so frequently now with anybody that yes, it, it's now become devalued in and of itself, right? All right, like, yeah, maybe. Like whenever someone's like, "Oh, this dude's gonna be the next, uh, you know, Derek Jeter," it's like, "Okay, all, all right, bud." Yeah, yeah. You know, Jason Dominguez, player comps, Mike Trout, Mickey Mantle, book. Yeah, it. it's like, come on, like, like what the fuck? Yeah, right? like you know, no one really knew who Aaron Judge was when he came up, and then he struggled at the same level that Volpe is struggling, right? He yeah, had, he hit 179 in 2016. 179, yeah. and it was over like two months. And 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 uh, yeah, like a month and a half, two months. Oh, uh, off the top of my head, I want to say like 35 to 40 range. Yeah, I, I, I want to. I want to think it was somewhere maybe even higher than 40. Yeah, but, like, but I, I remember going into 2017 thinking like. I, I wanted Aaron Hicks to be the starting right fielder, not because I didn't believe in Judge, but I was like, he didn't get off to a good start. Like, let him work in AAA a little bit longer. Don't throw him into this weird potential platooning situation. And then he ended up getting robbed of an MVP. <laughs> My bad. Uh, My bad. Hand up. <laughs> I, I'm i going to use this time right now to say that uh, I called Judge from the moment he was drafted, so suck my dick. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I saw him. He was like, "Well, like I remember just seeing, okay, six seven, like two, like two seventy, can play with all three outfield positions. I will be, Walks. I will be, I will be watching. Like, what, what, what's the Alec? What, what's the line from Star Wars? I'll be watching whatever. Oh, uh, uh, oh shit. Um, 
will be watching your career with great interest. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt about Aaron Judge. And sure enough, here we are today. Yeah, so like, you know, again, at the end of the day, we make these stupid comparisons when in actuality we have no idea what the product in front of us is going to end up being. And that's the great thing. For anyone who's concerned about Anthony Volpe, you can just look at the current Yankee captain and be like, hey, look, he struggled big time and he just broke the home run record. And honestly, if he was healthy this year, he probably could do it again. Yeah, I I think the most important thing about Volpe, too, is that I haven't seen anyone saying he's a bust. I think everybody's saying this is just it was too early. It was too early yeah. for him to be here. He'll be better served if he goes back down to AAA, get some confidence back in him. Uh, He'll and be that, better served. No one wants and, to get rid of him. And that's also where I where in a rare moment I'm going to tip my cap to me because they drove home the point when he came up. It was like, hey, hey, limited AAA experience, be prepared. Mm-hmm. So now everyone's seeing him struggle, and they're like, okay, he needs to go back to the minors. Looking at the schedule as to when that should happen, I mean, if it were if it were up to me, he'd be on his way to Scranton right now. I think more realistically, they'll <clears throat> they'll probably bench him against Scherzer tomorrow because I, I wouldn't want to put a rookie kid out there against Max Scherzer. Are you kidding me? Probably give him yeah. uh they'll probably give him more of a shot against Verlander on Wednesday. I think I'd rather face Max Scherzer than Justin Verlander. Yeah, but Justin Verlander's more likely to make a mistake with a dead red fastball and with a rookie that's, that's true. what you need. Yeah. I mean Scherzer throws plenty of fastballs too. Yeah. Uh, it's, so, it's, it's a different arm angle. I, yeah. I feel like it would be a more comfortable. It's odd that one would say this, but I feel like Verlander would be the more comfortable at bat. Yeah. He's a little more traditional, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's just I feel like it would be easier to pick up. But then again, we're talking about two first ballot Hall of Famers, so yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Who do you who do you want to face, Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer? <laughs> uh, I I got to pick one of them. Like those are the only options. Can I choose my dad? <laughs> <laughs> I hope uh, he strikes you out. <laughs> Anyway, so Volpe, okay, so the Yankees, they got two against the Mets, then the day off, then it's the weekend at Fenway, and they got the Monday off, and then the Mariners come to visit us. I think that if Volpe is not on the path to at least minimal improvement by the end of the Fenway series, that's when Brian Cashman should, keyword being should, send him down and then call up, I don't know, Peraza, some other guy. Maybe give Ozzy Cabrera some reps at shortstop. By the way, this is just a reminder, Oswaldo Cabrera is Donnie Rojas, and nobody can tell me any different. Baseball yeah. is life. You know, I, I heard an interesting thing about Oswaldo Cabrera, What's and that? it's that his big problem this year is that he's gotten better at hitting. But what? now he's he's not whiffing on pitches that he used to whiff on. He's making bad contact on them. Yeah. It's oh God, but he's like getting better at like picking up pitches and, and hitting them where they're going to be. But it's just like, it's, it's it's worse off. He's worse off for it. It's so heartbreaking watching as well. Cabrera hit, especially from the left side of the plate, because on so many pitches, especially the ones he pops up, you can tell I'm making a hand gesture here. He is this close. He is yeah. this close. Yeah, I'm gonna it's, I'm gonna look up contact rates now. Yeah, we're I mean the, like, we're in the deep dives. I, I'm I'm looking at Oswaldo Cabrera, and dare I say it, I'm seeing shades of almost Didi Gregorius, where you're not instead of having the strikeouts, you still have that long swing, but you're kind of toppling the ball or popping it up instead of just getting keeping it more level through the zone. Yeah. So this this year, uh, let's go 2022. Last year, 30 yeah. percent ground ball rate. This year, 51 percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's not yeah, great. I cut it. 
That ain't gonna cut it. What's his uh what's his uh what about a uh, hard versus soft contact? Uh I haven't found that yet, but here here it is the whiff percentages. Uh you look at at by pitch, let's even just go by uh say change the fastball is pretty similar, but change up 2023, he's whiffing 19.4% of the time. Last year, 38.3%. Okay, he so basically so... cut that in half, but he's make he's hitting more ground balls because of it. All right, so Okay, so they set him down in the minors for the for the right reason. It's a swing mechanics issue. He yeah. is his pitch recognition is pro- he, I wouldn't be surprised if like when push came to shove, his pitch recognition might have been amongst the best on the team. Yeah, hard hit rate pretty consistent. Uh last yeah. year 25.7k rate and this year 19.8. So again, striking out less, also walking less, 8.8 to 5.6. Yeah, uh, and and the barrel rate—that's the big one. Last year was six point three, which is you know nothing to write home about. Six point three barrel rate, uh, yeah. but it's you know for a rookie, you can see okay, there's something to build on here. This yeah. year, four point six. Barrel rate, I will say, is a bit of a flawed stat though, just because yeah. that's, just, that's just judging if you hit a ball like ninety-five miles per hour or harder. Yeah. Right. So, you know, but again, the the hard hit rate itself is pretty much the same, and yeah. he's just. Uh, the average exit velocity is up, but it's going yeah. on the ground. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So he just has to fix his swing by like that little smidge, like Max Greenfield sees it too. Yeah. But yeah. And Max is probably the, the one who even told me that about he's, he's just not whiffing as much and it's worse for him. Yeah. <laughs> That's the great thing about these kids though, where their struggles are relative, like they're pretty easy to fix. Like mm-hmm. quote, I, I use that term lightly easy to fix because the talent is there. They just have to make these minor tweaks and adjustments. And I think once they do that, then everything is going to unlock for them. I agree. Yeah. Like they are so close to like putting it all together. Um, it's just going to be a matter of patience. Yeah. You know, I feel like we haven't had that in a while. Like I'm thinking, maybe Clint Frazier was the last prospect that came up that everybody like expected from minute number one, this guy's going to be a very good player. And it just, it obviously didn't work out for Clint Frazier, but I don't, I don't think he ever really changed anything in his swing, even post concussion. He was just trying to hit the ball as hard as he could. And I mean, Cashman liked that. He whiffed a lot because he wasn't making bad contact. I mean, also in defense of Clint Frazier, like just reading, just, reading up on his concussion and talking to like neurologists he had crazy no like clint no clint frazier's concussion it's like the absolute last concussion you ever want to have it's called a vestibular concussion and it's apparently even though you may recover from the concussion itself every so often like okay migraines are going to show up you're going to have like a you're going to have a stiff neck like you're going to have this going to that so much to the point where um kaylee has him on a anti-inflammatory diet yeah uh, that's like uh brandon drury remember we found out he got migraines and was just blind um, at the plate yeah like i like it it ruined his career that concussion like i i believed in clint frazier for a long time i yeah. thought he was great and and he showed those flashes uh, and then he was never the same again after the concussion but like everything he did was the same physically like his swing was pretty much the same mm-hmm. maybe he closed it off or opened it up a little bit depending on what he was trying to work on, what he was trying to improve. Uh, but overall, he didn't really make any of those substantive changes that like Oswaldo Cabrera needs to make, where he needs to yeah. actually change his swing to have success. 
And yeah, you have to hope that he's still young enough that he will get there. Dylan Lawson, despite the team's run, I still think he's a great hitting coach for this team. Yeah. It's just, I just wish that when this team slumped, guys, they didn't slump so goddamn fucking ugly. I feel like it's the constant year after year, either the pitching or the hitting is going at one given time, never both. Yeah, yeah, and just just for how bad it is, I I did the math on this. LeMahieu, Stanton, Rizzo, and Donaldson hit a combined 138 against the Red Sox with no Aaron Judge in the lineup. The Red Sox don't even have good pitchers. They don't have good pitchers. Their hitters are overachieving. I I said this in in the takeaways. The Red Sox are built perfectly to play spoiler. And as long as Alex Cora... Alec, you were saying this the other day. As long as Alex Cora is managing that team, they're going to they're going to punch above their weight. They're going to steal wins from not just the AL East, from everyone in baseball. And the Yankees, like without Aaron Judge, they just they have no answer for it. Well, yeah, because because that's a Red Sox team who has a manager getting them to play for fucking pride. You know that they like that's a manager who's going to get his team up against the Yankees that they're like, Hey, we're going to come into this stadium and we're going to take two out of three and we're going to shut up these Yankee fans. And we're going to prove that no matter what the standings say, and no matter where our organizations are at, that we have their number. And, and, and it's just so frustrating as a Yankee fan to watch the Yankees come in so lifeless. Against, especially against, against, especially like, against Garrett fucking Whitlock and Tanner Houck. Yeah, I, I like look, Garrett I Whitlock as a reliever, especially, but I don't know. I think he's got potential as a starter. You never want to let – it's always a bad look when in less than a month you let Kyle Gibson and Garrett Whitlock, these two not-so-special, dinky little pissant sinker-throwing pitchers, who like – and the, their sinkers aren't even that good. Yeah. I mean, the worst wh- part, next week's on the road, too. Like, we just lost two or three at home. Now we got to go on the road to Boston. Yeah, and right after the Subway Series, too. This is just fucking great. Yeah, well, at least the Mets suck, too. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll make them look like the Yokohama Bay Stars or whoever whoever won yeah. the Japan Series last we year. We could do a whole nother hour on the Mets right now. I'll talk about the Mets all night. I don't want to talk about the Mets. <laughs> I hate the Mets. They're just the Mets. I've been watching a lot of Mets games this year, kind of like accidentally, just the way they're timing out with Yankee games, like, over the last month, one's been on the West Coast, one's been on the East Coast, and oh, I my. just got the cable on the one TV, so it's either Yankees or Mets. Yeah, I've been watching and, a lot. Yeah, well, yeah, get your daily dose of Gary Keith and Ron. Uh, yeah, and I'm in love with Kodai Senga's forkball. In love with it. <laughs> it's beautiful so pitch. It's gorgeous. Yeah, Sorry, Gary Keith. I've been having a resurgence, so that's been a little fun. How, how about Ben Davis being a, a science denialist? And going out in like in the uh the bad air in Philly. Wait, wait, <laughs> what? Wait, okay, so Ben, da- so Ben Davis, one of the um one of the Phillies uh, commentators on TV, yeah. during the whole like air quality thing from the Canadian wildfires, he was like, "Oh, this is nothing. Like, like everyone's a pussy. I'm out here throwing with my son, and it's it's beautiful out." Oh Jesus Christ! That's not safe. No. no. Oh no, you want to hear like some crazy shit? Yeah. 
the day where it was at its worst. So like, uh, you know, when, when the sky was orange. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So when the sky was orange for you guys, the day after is when all that shit came down to us in Philly. And then you lost I-95 too. It's been a rough week up here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, my girlfriend said, my girlfriend uh, cracked a joke. She, she was like, we've been getting, cause we also just had a crazy thunderstorm with flood warnings but like we've been getting like the avatar and the last airbender like four elements of disaster <laughs> oh, yeah. we've had we've had air we've had the fire that collapsed i-95 <laughs> and then oh, now dude. flooding i don't know i don't know if i told you guys this story last time i was out here what? but i did a story in when i was in binghamton i did a story about roundabouts because somebody called into a pennsylvania television station and said oh we didn't used to get tornadoes before we put in the roundabouts and now you know the air goes round and round and round and then it creates the tornado now we get tornadoes <laughs> so i did a whole very, story very specifically tornadoes tornadoes yes yeah. so i did a whole story on it uh binghamton hated it they didn't like it. They didn't think it was very funny because they also <laughs> hate roundabouts for different reasons. But uh, all I'm saying is it seems like natural disasters are hitting Pennsylvania a lot yeah. lately. Oh, yeah. So just watch those roundabouts. Watch those Canadian wildfires. Uh, don't drive on any highways. Well, you know, just uh, for anyone out there who are big Greek mythology nerds like myself, I've yeah. been calling Philadelphia the Thebes of the New World. The Thebes. Oof. So I'm just waiting for a sphinx to you know settle onto the Xfinity Tower and start speaking <laughs> over the city. If that happens, then we know we're really fucked. Yeah. So so wait, wait. So was that like the crazy shit that happened? Um oh no. So yeah. so the the day where the air quality was at source, I'm talking four hundred. Oh shit. Okay. I'm I'm driving to work in into New Jersey yeah. and there were people outside running along the river getting their morning cardio in <laughs> and i'm sitting there in the car with a goddamn n95 mask on i'm like what the hell are these people doing yeah just insane behavior just insane uh buddy of mine lives lives like at lives in or near uh, i don't know like, like like the allentown area in pennsylvania and He's got this like beautiful like two story house with a deck. Just it's just him and his two dogs. Like real like he's like done real well for himself. So he's got this weird like space age air filter or or whatever you want to call it in his living room that somehow is so advanced that even though it's running in the living room, it kind of advances to the rest of the house gradually. Yeah. He posted to his Instagram story a screenshot uh, from the app he uses for this. Apparently, the AQI directly outside his house was like between 350 and 400. Inside his house, the air quality index was 50. That wow. is awesome. Wow. Yeah. I, I was like, Travis, you dumb. Travis, you bitch. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Party at his house next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. I remember yeah, thinking seriously. my uh my friend has a cabin out in Pennsylvania in the uh in the Harrisburg and Mechanicsville type oh, area. Oh yeah, like that's smack dab I'm, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. There's a lot of Amish people, a lot of Mennonites, yeah, and they don't do the internet. So <laughs> I was I was sitting there thinking, like, what what's going through their minds today when they just like woke up and all of a sudden the sky was orange and they like the newspapers don't have it yet. How do they what do they think? So so here here's the funny part, or the or like the answer to that rather. Um there's a farmer's market near our house. Uh, and there's an Amish guy who uh, sells like cheese and bacon and eggs and all and like all that other delicious goodness there. 
so apparently that farm they just sent they just send people to all the adjacent cities to like New York, Philly, like with wherever in Jersey is close by. Hmm. And so they and so they probably just dri- just like driving to the market because like they, they, he drives like this big old truck. Uh, so I'm guessing he like they just kind of relay what's going on, yeah. Uh, from there, just word of mouth, yeah, pretty that much. Word of mouth doesn't get there early, man. I have to imagine there was a good half hour, full hour, maybe where they it's were not just the end. sitting there, like, Yo, it's not the end times, on? Ezekiel. It's just Canadian wildfires. I mean, it's still you know, that city, that city down south smells like brimstone. Amish <laughs> <laughs> people do not have southern accents, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> makes things funnier. Alec, everything, everything is shaving the mustache, doing the Amish look yourself. Uh, I wouldn't. I've envisioned it, but I've never been like, I want to do it. And I'll be like, that would look pretty funny. I'm not going to do it. And then I yeah, That's something you do when you plan on shaving your whole beard. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, let me let me try mutton chops first. Yeah, yeah. Let me just see what like, they look it, like. Oh, like believe me. If, yeah. if I could grow a passable beard, I would I would have so many weird looks with it. There's, there's a picture of me floating around somewhere with uh, like a dangly soul patch I, <laughs> I had i had like a really long beard at the time and one day i was like listen like uh, it's getting kind of hot i'm gonna shave the beard but yeah. as i was doing it like i was walking out to our living room with uh actually rob who started this podcast with me yeah. uh, and his now wife tori i would okay. shave a little bit and i'd walk out and be like what do you guys think and i'd be like <laughs> eh, i think you should probably keep going and then eventually pictures started getting taken and one of them was was a little soul patch that was the last one that's all i had left yeah what uh what uh the dad think of uh of the beard the what (laughs) yeah your fox news watching father what do you think of the beard oh i never found out (laughs) damn yeah i just do me yeah yeah that's it yep do us sorry like my my, i'm just like fiddling around with this toy right here this is one of my kids toys uh, we're we're gonna wrap up soon, folks. I promise. It is legit like a little one well, of those little squeeze frogs, and for some reason, there's like these little rainbow like balls in it. She'll mess with this thing for hours. I would too. That looks like fun. I was gonna it's say, like, I think it's I think it's working on you, Josh. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, it really is. Like, Josh, throw it Josh over there got his kid a fidget spinner, and he's like, "Let me give this thing a try." <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! You, <laughs> you remember when Alex Jones posted that video with the fidget spinner dancing around or whatever? No, no. But no one... in fairness, I've seen a lot of crazy shit online, so that's like that's like halfway up the list. Yeah, go. Uh, it's just a video. He just has like it's a little light up fidget spinner. He's just having so much fun with it. It's uh, just overtaken it's... by joy. It makes yeah. sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the Yankees they have not been playing well. You can only hope they're going to get out of this funk at some point. Upside Harrison Bader should be back by the Red Sox series. Certainly trending that way. Hopefully he can spark us with a triple, a great catch, maybe both. Guys, got anything to add? I see a one in five, no, one in four week. I see the Mets taking both games with Verlander and Scherzer, and I see the Red Sox taking two or three again. Is that good math? Well, yeah, one in four. That's five games. I knew that. Oof. Um, it's not, no, it's not a good outlook. It's not. It's not bright. I like I'm, right, I'm going to I'm going to try and be optimistic here. I am going to roll with the split the Met series. I'll take it. Yeah, they'll go two and three. Okay, like that's we're just gonna play five hundred ball until Aaron Judge comes back. 
And all we can do is hope that we don't fall too far out of the wild card standings. And it's not like that, we have any AL Central teams to worry about. So it's really just our division and the West. See, my 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 friend who I mentioned earlier at the uh, before we hit record talking about the Band of Brothers haircut. That yeah, we'll we'll tell that story later. Oh, did I mention on air yet that Josh had a ponytail at one point in his life? Was that <laughs> did I bring that up at the start of the podcast because i meant to i wouldn't i don't even know if you could call it a ponytail it was like what like it's like (laughs) yeah honestly it's it's probably yeah rat tail masquerading as a ponytail is probably the best terminology you look like a like a young jedi padawan (laughs) i was just thinking that a little uh clone wars anakin with a little braid (laughs) dude i wasn't Guys, here's how pathetic that ponytail was. I wasn't even a Jedi Padawan. I was the guy who ran the Jedi Padawan goat check. That's how bad it <laughs> oh is. Oh my god. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Yeah. But you're, back the, right. uh, you're the creepy Jedi Temple security guard that all the kids are weirdly cool with. <laughs> yeah. I uh order sixty six happened and I was like, Yeah, fuck them kids, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh yeah, th- this is my this is my uh, my friend Tim, who's from Minnesota, now currently lives in Minnesota. I'm looking forward to another playoff sweep against the Twins this fall. It won't matter who they play. It's going to be bad. They don't look like a playoff team. I'm going to write back, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but have you seen the Yankees over the last this week? This is riveting radio. <laughs> it is riveting radio. Pat I Mac, can't wait Pat for Mac people and... to listen to this tomorrow and be like, yes, let's read along with Josh's tweet from 12 hours ago. <laughs> Not, oh, no, that was from Friday night. <laughs> Even worse. Oh, man, well, yeah, we were a little, supposed... little distance. Got to go back in the timeline. Got to find well, it. Well, look, hey, we were supposed to record last last week, but then the, the sky literally exploded in yeah, flame. And then, and then Alec had to go to yet another Phillies game. Hey man, three this three this past week. Have you at least bought the Trey Turner jersey yet? Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, I've been wearing it. I I, I like to personally think I've been the reason for his turnaround. Yeah, I was gonna say I I'm saw Trey hit a home run a couple weeks ago, so I was wondering if he was still going on the upswing. Yeah. <laughs> well, like so on Monday he hit two, and then he had like four hits that game all together, and then he had two hits yesterday. Yeah, saw Castellanos home about... the day the bridge collapsed. Yeah, yep, I was at that game. <laughs> I was at that game. I, but anyway, you want to talk about sports radio personalities with asinine takes? I remember at the like two weeks ago hearing uh, the sports radio guy, the local guy, going like, "If I could WIP? go, WIP, huh? Is it like WIP, WPI, whatever it's called? Uh, yeah, yeah. WIP I, sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Kevin. I might have applied to a job there once or twice. <laughs> I probably did. I've applied to everything. Yeah. <laughs> But he goes, if I could go back and do it again, I would not give that contract to Trey Turner. What a waste of money. <laughs> Jesus oh Christ. God. We're, we're uh, two months in. Perhaps. See, that's what I'm talking about. We got all these smart people out here who know things, and they're not the ones on the radio or working for the athletic because nobody is anymore. No. <laughs> God, I, I emailed uh, 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 Kavitha Davidson gave me, uh, when she was still the athletic, gave Sal's. me Sal's. Sh- Sal's shout out. Gotta shout out to Sal's Pizza, Sal and Carmine Pizza, and Absolute Bagels too. Anyway, so I can only vouch for Sal's. That's the only reason I know Kavitha. Yeah, you besides actual out. work stuff. Yeah, you missed that. You uh, you missed out on Absolute Bagels. That place is the truth. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, she gave me her uh, 
her editor's email at the athletic uh i emailed him a pitch for like a series of stories i wanted to do that i thought would have that it, during prime athletic would have been great uh and he wrote back he's like, this hey, is send- post new york times uh this was 2021 so i was probably right around the time they sold i think it was either right before or right after new york times yeah, yeah. Uh, and he just said, hey, do you, do you have a resume I can look at? I sent it over and never heard back from him again. Lazy. And, he, and like, we're, I'm literally, we are, all three of us are literally, kick, to bring this full circle, we are kicking the door down trying to get in, but it's reinforced steel. Yeah, reinforced by morons. <laughs> Rob Manfred I mean, approved steel. I'm not going to do the Chris Russo thing. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it to myself. Do I'm it. I'm not going to get it. mad. Do it. Do nope, it. I'm not going to get mad. We we want Mad Chris Russo Valley. doesn't watch baseball. He no, doesn't watch the games. He it's watch so anything. obvious. He gets his little producer notes in the morning. He checks AP News, says, oh, okay, I see that, see that. Yeah. He doesn't watch the fucking games. No. He's the worst. And he's on MLB Network. <laughs> MLB Network. They're not ESPN, not first take, although he goes on first take a lot. And guess what? Stephen A. Smith is smarter than him. And that's saying something. It's crazy. You you know you're the asshole in the room when Stephen A. Smith looks that much better by comparison. Yeah, come on. Like, Stephen A.'s whole thing is just being reactionary and wrong. Screaming A. Smith. That's how Skip Bayless and Stephen A. made it happen. First take was lit back in, like, 2013. Like, that was a great show. Not because the takes were good, but because it was like, whoa. Like, I haven't seen this before where it's actually just like brawling in the studio. And now everyone fucking does that. Yeah, because it's all it's it's all about ratings, ratings, ratings. You got to keep the 24 hour machine going. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. All right. We, it. We, we need to stop, guys. We're sorry to end on a sour note here. But yeah, please, I, if you made it this far, God bless you. I once uh, did a two hour ep- episode with Dill- Dillard Barnhart. Dillard. I always accidentally call him Dylan. But the, when I interviewed him right before I went to Binghamton, we did literally two hours. Remind me who Dillard Barnard is again? He posts all the clips on Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. The highlight reels and stuff. There you good go. dude. He's he's a good dude. But yeah, right. there's no time limit on this thing, Josh. You just yeah. want to go to bed. Uh well, I oh, also man. I oh oh wait. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you guys that I don't just want to go to bed. I actually have to write something up tonight. And yeah, we'll we'll part with this. I went and had the Anthony Rizzo sandwich at my friend's restaurant today. Mm-hmm. Here, good? you see for yourself right there. Ooh, that does look. Now I can't look at that, dude. I've been on a diet. I've been exercising every day. I can't look at that right now. I don't need to see it. I don't need <laughs> that, to. You know, I had tonight grilled chicken and celery. That's what I had for dinner tonight. And you're showing me <laughs> pictures of that. Oh wait! Here, hold, hold on. Here, just from another angle. Nah, stop that! Stop <laughs> that! I, I haven't even told you what it is yet. I can. I don't know if the mic can even pick. If I put the mic down here, you might be able to hear my stomach grumbling. <laughs> <laughs> no, you might be is, able to hear it. No, that is a vodka meatball parm. A, oh. uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Specifically, a spicy vodka meatball parm. Oh, I've never <laughs> wanted a heart attack so bad in my life. <laughs> oh, and Alex, to answer your question, I also made it made a full Italian feast last weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, pretty much to answer, to answer your question, I did a sake marinated flank steak, linguini with. Oh, and I, I wrote some. I put some cherry tomatoes on top of that too, so it was extra good. I made linguini with what I'm calling a rainbow tomato sauce. I made spring onion greens fried up with some pancetta. 
and then I had broccoli, rob, and garlic scapes. Oh man. <laughs> it's now a cooking podcast. Chef Josh. <laughs> Just remember pineapple hey. doesn't belong on pizza. All right. Good night. Yep. There we go. There we go. No pineapple on pizza. We got there that. Is, there is a time <laughs> and place for Hawaiian pizza. No, and it's never. You are both oh my god, I'm with I can't stand you two. We have taste. We are men of culture. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. It says the guy who likes thin mints. <laughs> I dude, you said you wanted to wrap it up, man. And you're just setting me up like that. You're just setting me up to go on the thin mints rant. And you were like, We're gonna wrap it up here in just a minute. By the way, James likes thin mints more than every other cookie. They got Tired almost fifty percent head to head. Thin mints or any other cookie. Thin we were almost took, at fifty percent. I'll say it before and I'll say it again. Thin mints took the popular vote, and the tagalongs rightfully won the electoral college. Yeah, that's why we have to get rid of the electoral <laughs> college. Well, look, if we got yeah, well, but at the same time, we don't want people to eat cardboard. Well, it tastes delicious. So, uh, well, okay, chocolate's okay, the best combination okay, great. that's ever so, existed. So we have it on record. James Kelly enjoys eating cardboard. The only reason he's not living outside in a box is because he ate his box. There we go. Moving on. Uh, that's the end of the show, folks. Thank you so much, James. Thanks for coming on. We will see you in a couple of weeks. I feel attacked. Yeah, you should. 